You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Michael! Andre, how are you? I'm good. We've had a bit of an adventure today. We were missing some equipment from uh, from the mobile setup. We were set up in the uh, living room of the uh, Hamilton studio. I had no idea you didn't know your city, but I guess you've only been here, what, six months? Yeah, both that. So... And, uh, you know, I think at one point we were offering up the naming rights for the studios. So if, uh, if anyone is interested in sponsoring the podcast and would like to name the Hamilton studio or the St. Catherine studio, uh, we're up for negotiations. I know a lot of people listening to this have been in the habit of sliding into my DMs on Instagram. So you want us to name this the, um, I don't know, I'm watching the league. Have you seen the league? No, I haven't. What the heck is that? It's a, it's a show that revolves around fantasy football. They have um, a trophy if you win the league, and they have a trophy if you lose the league. And the, if you lose the league, it's called the Sacco. And the trophy features a, a pair of testicles. So, I mean, if you want to call this the Sacco Studio, by all means, be ready to give us some money. If that's, if that's, if that's the way you're going to go. Okay, so we're doing um, we're doing a sequel to last week's podcast. Yeah, um, we. Uh, Actually, I think we have a couple of sequels lined up, but this is the first one. Yeah, this is so. I don't know. We we've always um, been interested in Riesling. Yeah. Well, we had uh, we had uh, Wes from Purple Teeth Consulting actually dropped by earlier today, and we asked. He's a sommelier. He's worked at some very fine places. We asked him about Riesling and his personal feelings of Riesling. It seems like everyone who's in the wine industry and and loves Ontario and has that genuine curiosity all say the same thing about Riesling they they love it but the consumers just I don't think I, I still don't think consumers are that excited by Riesling yeah I'm I'm with you on that so once again it's time to dive into the cellar now that these wines are even older and taste some old Ontario Riesling again again uh, because this is kind of fun you know uh, we always worry. Or not worry. I think worry may be the wrong word. Worry but, is the wrong word. But we always wonder if we make world-class Rieslings like the Germans. Uh, and um, we're about to find out. And uh, we have two under cork and we have four under screw cap. And not one of them is younger than 2013. Okay, then. So uh, the first one that we're going to... And they're not blind. So that's that's the good news. So we, we, know, more, we know everything about them except, you know, what we don't know. Okay, so first one we've got is from Vineland. It's, it's a, a 2009 semi-dry Riesling. So it's semi-dry, obviously. And that's how most people, I think, see Riesling as a, as a semi-dry. Yeah, wine. I also think it, it's... Um, I mean, Brian and Alan have always been, I think, pretty creative with uh, with their labels and trying to be transparent about what's in the bottle. And, and I think Riesling is a tough sell because I mean, it's something I've even learned... Um, selling wine at farmers markets. I've had a chance to do a few farmers markets. I've helped out Southbrook in the past. Uh, I do um, farmers markets for ADX, and not often, but like once a market, I get someone who comes up to me and will ask, "Is a wine sweet?" Yeah. And it's and it's a loaded question because I think at first when I started working the markets, my default answer was to just try to sugarcoat it, for lack of a better word. You know, when it comes to sweet riesling. The whole idea is that balance is more important than the than the sugar content. Correct, but, but, but this, I, was, this but, was called sweet riesling, and that's, it, and that's it. I've started. I've started to learn to. I asked the question back, where it's just like, do you like sweet? Because if if someone likes sweet, and a lot of people like sweet, frankly, it makes it easier to talk about an off dry riesling. So, 
So this one, uh, first of all, is the color of your morning pee, I think. So uh, that's where mm. we're at that. Um, it's under cork. And uh, I don't know about the nose. Canned peaches, probably. Maybe a little um, bit of that gasoline. Very little, though. I'm surprised. But nine... Strong mineral. Nine was a, was a really big acid year. Yeah, it was a cool summer. So... This is yummy. Hmm. Wow, that's it's still had some pretty searing acidity and um, some pretty big apple juice notes. Oh, I'm getting the you said canned peaches. It tastes like peach juice. You paid twelve ninety five for this in two thousand nine. That's how much it was. Nine percent alcohol. I know. I know. Vineland's been pretty good at um, at getting that German chemistry too. Where uh, I remember the Concerto series. I think it was. I think it may have even been from the 09 vintage where they got like 50 grams per liter residual sugar mated with searing acidity and like 8, 9% alcohol. And it was just... The acidity here is really, really good. Like, wow. Yeah, this is yummy. Mm. I would even think if you let that open a little more, you'd you'd be a lot happier too. And I still think young. I think if you were to let this go for another decade, it would evolve easily just thanks to the sugar content and and acid content. And I I don't find the petrol. Uh, as much as you say you did, I I got like a, a whisper of it, but it's it's hardly there at all. All right, what's next? So same same year. Okay, uh, this is from Cave Spring. Okay, this is their Dolomite Riesling, and I believe when when they did this one, it really was their old vines. And then I think when we did the Legacy podcast, yes, with Len. He told us that the Dolomite was no longer young vines. They were just vines that were grown at a certain in a certain spot. But these were really old vines at the time. And, you know, they were under screw cap, which is pretty interesting. We're now we're looking at 09, so we're seeing, you know, screw cap. And the only other wine that I remember for sure being under screw cap in 2009 was the Trius um, Sauvignon Blanc. And that I know for sure was under screw cap. Uh, so this, what's this labeled as? Is it labeled as semi-dry or off-dry? It Ooh. doesn't say, it's just dolomite, which which means the they were really looking for that minerality in this wine. It's and there. I, and I remember the 09 having lots of minerality. I remember it having lots of acidity and being pretty dry. And wow, that on the nose, it smells like a whetstone. Yep. Like it is totally, you know, those river rocks. Wow! Oh my God! A little bit of petrol, but just a just a hint. Here, here's here's a question I've got: Is um, do you think that wine writers in North America are hesitant to just use the word gasoline because petrol isn't in our vocabulary here? It's it's the British word to say gasoline. I think the that moves over. To... Is it is it just a classier way of saying this smells like gas? Okay, yeah, but gas could be you know gas for your car or gas from your ass. I mean that's why I'm specifying so, gasoline, right? Yes, so. You know, um, how many times have you gotten a wine and, you know, you you usually do it privately. Very rarely do you're going to write about it. You go, oh, that smells like a fart. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it's, it, you just have one of those wines that you go, wow, that really stinks. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, reduction. But, you know, and, and but you you don't write that. You call it, as you said, you call it reduction. But... <laughs> You know, you know when you're sitting around the house by yourself eating chicken, and you stand up, and you don't go reduction. No, 
Michael. Making room, maybe, but... We're, 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 we're trying to keep things high class. Remember? I know. I, but I'm just... <laughs> I mean, but everything you're saying is is true and something we've all experienced. This is this is this is this is lovely. Like, frankly, I like the Vineland semi dry Riesling. I almost hate the fact that that we're tasting this next to it because this is um, this is more austere. Like, this is incredibly well put together. This, this is this is some serious Riesling. Sixteen ninety five, and this is another one where I think you opened it way too young. So eleven and a half percent alcohol, high acid year. Just enough sweetness that the fruit pops on the palate. It's more like fresh peach as opposed to canned. But also it's got that nice lemony kind of note right on the back end. And that acidity is it's almost searing. It's really good. You had asked earlier, do we need spittoons? This one is the one that I don't think we do. Wait. Oh, that's the first time I've used the spittoon. I didn't spit out any of the Vineland, but I'm also kind of regretting it now. This uh, Vineland, or sorry, this Cape Springs just so much better. Wow. Really lovely. I, I had to like try to pull back when I said that it's so much better, but no, it's it's if if this is a side by side comparison, the Cave Spring is um, holy crap. So the question becomes, um, you know, Vineland has old old vines as well. Did they use old vines? I guess that's the kind of thing you would need, you know, Brian here to to talk to us about. Well, I, I mean, technically, wouldn't. Like, Angelo, wouldn't all their all their Riesling vineyards be old vines at that point? In theory, I would think. And and K Spring is using their old vines. They they made it, you know, as part of the marketing for the Dolomite at the time. So these are old vine Rieslings. Does the cork or the screw cap make a difference? And then again, you're back onto, uh, um, you know, a a, a a debate on on does cork. Okay, or but screw we're cap. looking at a we're looking at a composite cork here. Like this isn't labeled as diem. But it's it's clear that these this composite cork has held up very nicely over the past yeah. eleven years. But did it did it allow too much oxygen in? If there is such a thing, I, I don't know if there's a big difference in the. There's so many other factors at play here too. Correct. I don't know if there's a big difference in the closure. If if that's the biggest factor in the aging of these of these wines, if the closure makes that much of a difference, because I'm, I can guarantee you the sugar content is higher on the Vineland. Oh, for sure, because it says um, they they have both evolved nicely but i would actually be very surprised if they have evolved head and shoulders over what they were 11 years ago they just they taste so fresh both of them taste fresh i th- but I, I i from my point of view i think the case spring tastes fresher but i think that has more to do with uh acidity complexity and minerality that is missing from the vineland the vineland is like juice it is it is. It okay, is. let's get to the next one. Let's get to the next one. All let's right. move this along. Let's get more comparisons. So now here we have Huff Estates. Okay. This is a VQA Ontario, which okay. means they would have got the Likely Niagara anywhere. fruit. Probably, not, probably Niagara. Uh, it's a Riesling Reserve, and it's part of their Sculpture Series. That's okay. That's what it says here. And 11, which is another cool vintage. And, and most Ooh, of the, the Rieslings I picked out this time are from a cool vintage so that we could check out what it is like uh, in a in a cool vintage. That's oxidized. Well, now we're under another one that had cork. It's our second one with cork. And are I, we going to put this in our mouth? Yeah, it's. I think there's an oxidative note. I also believe there might be a little bit of cork taint. Mm-hmm. I regret that. I regret that choice. Mm. That's too bad. I don't know where that would have gone. But um, are we giving ourselves a rinse with the Vineland? There's a little little Vineland rinse coming along. Yeah, there was there was definitely some cork taint on that one. There was some oxidation. There was nothing good. Nothing good about that wine, uh, which is again, as we said, unfortunate. 
But I, I do believe I, I did open another one of these. And it had not of uh, the uh, Riesling Reserve, and I, it had still had not aged well. So, um, I don't know. Maybe if you don't grow the fruit, you don't treat it as nicely. I don't. Uh, know. Yeah, you know what? It's something I was actually because um, I was writing about the the Toussaint release of Thomas Bachelder's uh, Roundup of Pinot and Chardonnay, and I'm thinking about just all these great vineyards that are now getting their names on the bottles and. You know, I, it, it still is one of the problems with the GGO is that the price of your fruit is dictated by sugar content, and that's it. So and, I mean, and tonnage you, and tonnage, but even that's it. So there's really no incentive to grow good fruit. Grow good fruit if you can get a lot more. Correct, and that's always been my you know ba- my my problem with with the way Ontario sells grapes. So it's nice that growers are starting to find loopholes and you know fruit premiums, blah blah blah. Anyways, that's a separate podcast. Yeah, we need to talk to the uh, the guys who run the Hank Vineyard that we were sitting next to at oh, that tasting. Yeah. That's true. They were doing very good. Well, they made very good grapes. They made very good grapes. Very Michael. good grapes. Let's you make you make good grapes. So um, the next one that we have here is from Taws. It is yep. the only hot vintage. Round up on the table, okay. So that we have. Uh, so this is 2012, then. This is 2012. This is from their limestone, uh, limestone ridge. I I thought it said vineyard, but I then looked at it and it was too short to be vineyard, so it's limestone ridge. Now the color, the the last three have been very dark in color. Yes, this is more like when you go to the bathroom after drinking a lot of water. Correct. This is the yeah that time. Now that we do the bathroom thing, the there's definitely a minerality on that nose. That's even more wet stone than the than the cave spring. There's definitely a lovely freshness to this wine. I would not have expected it from twelve. I was expecting something. Uh, quite put it in your mouth. Put it in your mouth. Put it in your mouth. When you put it in your mouth, then it tastes like twelve. Don't get me wrong. Mm. This is balanced. Yeah, it, it's it's juicy. That's it. It's juicy. Which you don't expect from Riesling, and that's it. And on the and on the back palate, it's just it's it's falling apart a tiny bit, especially compared mm-hmm. to the Cave Spring. It's just it's missing that. It's it's like it's got canned peaches, but more can than peach. Does that make sense? Not really. Want to try again? No. Okay. So sometimes you can taste the tinniness if peaches mm. have been hanging out too long. This one has got that tinniness. Does that make some sense? A little bit more, yes. you know, more, more of the can than the peach. Not, not to, to go as far as the, you know, after you drank a lot of water part. Now but, that being that being said, I'm very happy to drink this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and I mean, it's a nice thing about doing the, the comparison here. I think so far, if any of the three un, uncorked. F- uncorked wines showed up at your dinner party, you could say this is a great example of Ontario Riesling, which is the cool thing about this tasting. Yeah. So. I, I'm 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 liking that uh, that limestone ridge, and maybe again because of uh, of being under screw cap, maybe it'll take a little longer to to develop. Yeah, I think this is one where like I think even ten another like I said with the Cape Spring and the Vineland, like ten years down the road, it would be interesting. And also, um, spit it out. The concentration, the concentration of the fruit flavors, right? Yeah, I, I think when we're dealing, there, there's nice concentration in both the Vineland and the Cave Spring. But the fruit flavors are a little bit more reserved and p- 
polite. Yep. Like in Cave Spring, they've made room at the party for the minerality. They've Correct. made room at the party to build that complexity and have them work in equal parts. Where with the Taws, the um, the fruit notes completely clobber the minerality you get on the nose. There's like very little minerality on the, on the finish. It's obnoxious how much fruit there is in that. Does that make sense? It, it does. And you know what else I find is... You know, for a hot vintage, I would have probably expected more of that petrol gasoline, uh, lanolin. Yeah, it's not, not there. Not it's just all fruit. I suspect that's from the screw cap, though. I think in ten years we'll get some gasolina. Yeah. Or you never know. You know, maybe in an hour when we're you know sipping on them again, we'll find out. Oh wait, that uh, that oxygen has given it that that note. So, um, moving right along. So we have been talking about. Putting a uh, Passamento on tri- trial. Whether and we actually get to it remains to be seen. We'll, we'll get to it one of these days or years, as it turns out. <laughs> but right now, we're going to do the Foreign Affair 2013 Riesling. Now, I don't know if they did any manipulation. It should sit on the back. On it it might have a small percentage. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to pass it yeah, on the, to you. you got the younger eyes. Yeah, this font choice is, is not great. Okay, partial grape grape drying method. So there is a okay. passamento in this. I think at this stage they were doing sometimes like 10 to 15%. Yeah, I think I think it's a low percentage. But, you know, d- does does that make for a more exciting Riesling or a less exciting Riesling over time. Well, and I think the thing for me is it's not necessarily over time. Is is this going to taste like a Niagara Riesling? Um, this would have been... Oh, no price on this. No, I didn't. I, I don't think I, I had a price for it, but I, I believe it was probably in the $20 to $25 range. Oh. That's got a burnt truck tire kind of note to, to me anyway. No, <clears throat> I've got something industrial. I don't think it's burnt tire, but it's not quite gasoline. A little bit rubbery. Hmm. Hello, acidity. Are you in there? So thirteen is another one of those. It should cool be high acid. Charge. This should be this should be searing the back of my tongue. There, there should be, but I think that a passamento has. I want to say smoothed it out, but not in a good way. There, I hate to say it. There's very little redeeming factor or feature about this wine. I uh, I agree with you on that, and. Um, yeah, which is why maybe Passamento and Riesling should not be even in the same sentence. I mean, good for them for experimenting on it, but we're now seeing the results of the experimentation. I, I, I don't, I don't think that uh, if they're still doing it, stop. Uh, and if you're uh, if you're not doing it, uh, good for you uh, because I don't, I don't think that that worked very well. Yeah, that's funny. So now, finally, I thought a nice comparison uh, of another wine. Uh, did you? Did we get a uh, so twelve point one percent on the foreign affair, which is crazy. You should still be holding some acid at that low alcohol for sure. Now thirteen was also that vintage at the time was the the highest cropping vintage in Ontario. It was a cool vintage, but a very high cropping vintage. Yeah, it. it, it I don't remember it being super super wet either like i think i think that was more of a typical vintage but the asterisk beside it is it was stuck right next to that killer 2012 vintage that everyone said was the greatest vintage of all time and then that was the first winter kill yeah 13 14 and then 14 15 so no then the 14 would have been one of those winter kill vintages 13 was just before so yes so this this was the so yeah yeah okay we got that we got that this is Oh, and then there's oh wow, what's that? 
But so I'm I'm just this is the first time I've ever seen that on a on a screw cap. Yeah, there's some seepage. It looks like black residue. It's it smells like burnt. It smells it literally smells like somebody took a make a match to it. Yeah, it does smell burnt. Um Okay, let's like let's see what the wine is. If the wine smells burnt. I don't think we should put it in our mouth. So, okay, well the wine looks normal. Color's yeah, fine on color's it. Color's fine. I don't know if something happened during the during uh, the it smells like plastic. Hmm. Well, the the closure on the inside of the screw cap looks intact. Like there's nothing wrong with that. No. And there's just, no coloring just, on that. It's, it's just on the side. So something happened. Maybe something got trapped, or some a little bit of uh, wine got trapped. You know, between the the cap and the side of the bottle. But I've never seen that before, so I thought I would just point it out. Hmm. I mean, the wine tastes fine, but also acids. So this, I think this might be just lacking concentration. So thirty bench, two thousand thirteen, just regular old Beamsville bench Riesling, ten point six percent. So, you know, that's, that's, what are we looking at? Uh, nine years old? You know, I got nothing bad to say. I have nothing really good to say. It's just, it's Riesling. I, Actually, I, I, I hate to say it because I know that we've joked about putting Foreign Affair on trial and people will think that we have a vendetta against the Passamento, but... Out of all of these wines on the table that weren't faulted, if any of them showed up at my house for dinner, I would not be disappointed. I think it just shows that across the board, Niagara is making really great Riesling. The hot vintage Taws, yeah, the fruit notes are obnoxious, but I'm not saying that in necessarily a bad way. Like no, There's no, some people who are going to love that wine. It's a much juicier version of Riesling. Um, we this have- 13 is lacking some concentration and focus on flavor that the 09s, both 09s have. But it also doesn't make it terrible. It's got great balance, good acid, got a little bit of a mineral note on the finish. It's just, I wonder if it might come together with a little bit more time in the bottle. Could that also be uh, because of the large quantity of fruit? You know, you have you lack the concentration because you let the grapes, uh, you let so many grapes grow on that vine, right? Yeah. You it, by not cutting back, you um, you've, you've you've watered down the grapes. Let's say. In a in a in a way. So, okay, I know that we've just cleared a bunch of room in your cellar, and we've we've knocked back another six uh, bottles of Ontario Riesling. Have we learned anything? Is there anything we can pass on to the fine listeners of this podcast? Well, I think first of all, my my takeaway is, um, and and I'm sure that Ed Madronic's going to love me saying this, but screw caps work. Like, let's start oh, there. Hundred, uh, I'm going to go and say composite corks work as well because this Vineland. Is in beautifully intact. Under it's, that in, cork. it's in beautiful shape. But I, of, uh, if I were to pick my top two, three, they were under, they were under screw cap. Uh, my, the Vineland hits my number four. Cave Springs is number one. Cave Spring is number one. We're both in agreement with that. I'm throwing number two with the Taws and Vineland number three. The Thirty Bench is number four. See, I would I would put the Thirty Bench at the uh, at the number. Come on, there's no way that 30 bench is better than the Vineland, even with the sugar content. I, I, I want to see it open a little bit more. I think with a little bit of oxygen, we're going to see that wine blossom. But I do, I do fault maybe the, the overcropping and this vintage. 
I, I think it bears some more uh, more research. A ten percent, ten point six percent alcohol. I would expect a little bit more sweetness to that too. Just put it this way: if anything here really starts to pop in an hour or two, there may be another follow up podcast coming down the pike where we go. Wait a second, maybe we were wrong. I don't think we were wrong about the Huff, and we're definitely not wrong about the foreign affair. I don't. The, the Huff is gone because of that, you know, cork nature and the oxidation. The foreign affair is just not a very enjoyable wine. I didn't like putting it in my mouth. Um, I, I didn't. Don't you put it in your mouth? I didn't like the smell. But the other four, like a muffin or a beet. The other, f- where are you getting this song? Uh, it's a, it's an old PSA from like the eighties and nineties. Don't you put it in your mouth? Where? Don't you stuff it in your face? Where is it? Is this a Saskatchewan thing? Oh no, it's all across. Okay, I, I, I guarantee people are going to be slotting into my DMs about the fact that you don't know this. Um, if anyone can find the YouTube video for "Don't You Put It in Your Mouth," please send it to Michael Pincus. And this is a good way we can segue into wrapping the podcast. He is at the Grape Guy on most social media, and Michael Pincus on others. Yes, and he runs. MichaelPinkusWineReview.com. Sorry, I had to do a little bit of a burp there. I apologize if anyone heard that. <laughs> right in the middle of my web- website. Thanks a lot. You're very welcome. MichaelPinkusBurpReview.com. That's great. Oh, could you imagine if that was your, like, a YouTube channel? That's almost disgusting. Tasting notes on burps? Yeah. And scoring oh, them? There's a, there's a little bit of hot dog on that one. All oh, right. wait. There's mac and cheese. Uh, he's Andre Wine Review uh, on most things and uh, AndreWineReview.ca. I always think you're a .com, but it turns out you're a CA. I couldn't afford the .com. Oh. I was so poor when I started that website, and now I just can't be bothered. Oh, well, there you have it. So, uh, Andre, Patreon. I don't really know if we uh, we learned much about, uh, about Riesling. It's well, we still- learned that we still love Riesling. We learned that consumers should give Riesling a chance. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we'll probably do this again later this year because you confessed to me earlier that you have a, more Riesling in your cellar than you can drink. And we're about to do another podcast after this that I think will tie into the reason you have so much Riesling is the reason why I have so much of a certain wine in my cellar. And I don't want to give too much away because I don't know what order these are going to be coming out in, but it's another grape variety that is from the same region on the planet. That starts with the letter G. G whiz. All right, take us away, Michael. Patreon, patreon.com. Look, if you got a few extra bucks in your pocket and you like to listen to our podcast, why not slip it our way? Give us a hand. We'll even let you uh, name the studio. I said that off the top. I stand by that. I don't know. I- I've said many times it's not expensive to uh, run the podcast, so make me an offer. If you would like to name this the... I don't know. I'm trying to think. I, I hate that we got rid of the swear jar because all I'm thinking of is dirty jokes right now. But. Well, you know what? I, I would go for the lead Ted Lasso studio if if, uh, if Jason Sudeikis is uh, listening out there. That is wishful thinking, my friend. Uh, please give us a, you know, send us a few bucks and we'll gladly call it the Ted Lasso studio. Or the, or the Nate the Great studio if Nick Muhammad is listening. Well, there's, there's the <laughs> other one. Or if, uh, uh, if Mr. Goldstein is listening. Uh, I, I'd love to call it the, uh, oh, damn it, I've lost his character. But he was just on Sesame Street with Oscar the Grouch, which I thought was pretty funny, too. Brett Goldstein is his name, and he plays... Um, I'm having a brain fart, too. Uh, oh, man, we both watched that show so much. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we're going to have to wrap this up, and 
not give Brett Goldstein his due. Um, uh, he's the gruff guy with the beard. You know. Roy Kent. Good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. Two Guys Talking Wine is produced by Jim Ray, Adam Duran, and Ken Little.